Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes filles et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. As regular listeners of the podcast know, this year marks the 100th anniversary of Jack Kerouac's birth. Kerouac's Lowell works might seem like a perfect fit for the Lacroix Library, but we'll take a different direction and look at Lowell from the angle of the men and women who created the subculture that greeted Kerouac's immigrant parents at the turn of the 20th century. Our work is Francis Early's French-Canadian Beginnings in an American Community, Lowell, Massachusetts, 1868-1886. to Though this study dates from the 1970s, it remains essential reading for anyone seeking to understand how French Canadians built new communities in the U.S. The fairly short time span enables early to tackle institutional development, economic realities, social mobility, and cultural change all at once, and as pieces that move together. We have to recall just how pioneering this study was when completed. There were then no scholarly monographs or surveys on Franco-Americans, just a disparate body of articles, many of which served primarily to bolster the ideology of survivance. Francis Early turned to the tools and sources the new social history provided, including quantitative information. Her analysis is in fact supported by over 20 statistical tables. One of the many virtues of this work is the author's effort to walk readers through the many methodological constraints of social history. For instance, identifying who was a French Canadian before census makers created that category. Early also invites us to be skeptical of traditional job typologies and the assumption that a person working in a mill must be unskilled. But of course, she offers not only questions, but answers as well. In 1870, 35% of the French-Canadian workforce in Lowell consisted of women working outside the home. 67% of French-Canadians from ages 11 to 15 were also working outside the home. These demographic groups skew the sample towards quote-unquote unskilled labor. Male heads of households and older sons could entertain better prospects, typically. In 1870, one of every four working men was a craftsman. Further, while Early finds a preponderance of nuclear families, there was also a large proportion of seemingly single young people who preferred to board with compatriots rather than turning to other residences or commercial boarding houses. To these tantalizing bits of data, we should add helpful maps that lay out the ethnic geography of Lowell and the author's work on patterns of settlement within the city. The next chapter on immigrants' household economy is an equally rich glimpse of people's lived experience. Along the way, Early reminds us that French Canadians were not passive victims, in her own words, but continually sought control over their destinies. By the time we get to the formation of Franco-American institutions in the last chapter, we realize that survivance was not a fully formed ideology that could simply be dragged from Quebec and dropped into the U.S. Northeast. What was and wasn't possible culturally depended on immigrants' financial means, their mobility, their relations with other groups, and so forth. French Canadians might wish to transplant the world they had known. Oftentimes, they had no choice but to build something new and different. The little Canadas could never be a perfect mirror of Le Grand Canada that they had left. We might even argue that the Franco-American experience as something distinct began from the moment of contact with U.S. soil. Now, as for research on Franco history as a whole, Early's final words are worth keeping in mind. Much work remains to be done, she writes. 
those words remain true now as they were more than 40 years ago. And so concludes the 10th and final installment of the Lacroix Library. I want to thank Jesse, Mike, and Melody for this opportunity to share these enriching and thought-provoking reads with you, in hopes, of course, that they'll spark further conversation about French-Canadian history and culture on both sides of the border. Comme toujours, bonne lecture. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair To think that everything they love we simply do not share But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.